Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Prophecy is a pretty tough subject to get into. It's really a pretty heavy topic to discuss with all of the doom and gloom. In today's update, Pastor J.D. asks the question, How does this all get me to Jesus? With all that's going on in the world, it can be easy to get caught in the weeds and miss out on where Jesus is in all of it. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 19, 2023. I just want to share my heart with you. And what I want to share is concerning something that's been on my heart as of late, and the question is this, how does all this get me to Jesus? And by all this I mean all that's happening both in the world and more personally in my world. How is all of this getting me to Jesus? Now, here's the why behind the what in wanting to share with you this today. And I, I'm i just going to say it. I won't veer off my notes, because whenever I do, I go where angels fear to tread. <laughs> and I have the scars to prove it too, by the way, just so you know. Any hope of surviving, let alone thriving in this the last hour will be predicated upon the way that each and every one of us, myself included, answers this question. While I realize that's a big and bold statement, the truth of the matter is, and I think you would agree with me, evil is seemingly prevailing in this world that we're living in today. Evil and wickedness is prevailing seemingly unchecked with impunity. And as such, it's having the effect of sinking many into despair. Actually, this is one of the pitfalls when it comes to Bible prophecy, such that one can get stuck in all the doom and gloom. Get stuck there and stay there. In other words, if students and teachers of Bible prophecy don't understand how all the doom and the gloom 
all this, all this gets us to Jesus, then we're all prone to give in to despair. A couple examples. If I don't understand how all this, all that's happening in Israel and to Israel, not only gets me to Jesus, but also gets Israel to Jesus, despair will ensue. If I don't understand how all this, all that's happening, just in the economy, for example, and to the economy. If I don't understand how all this gets me to Jesus, then yet again, despair is bound to ensue. Perhaps rephrasing the question might help. It's a fill-in-the-blank question. Don't you hate those kind of questions, because they're not multiple choice? I like multiple choice questions when you only have one choice, because then you know the answer. I know I'm digressing, but I really don't like those multiple choice questions where D, they get the D, sometimes E, and it's all of the above. Now I'm really confused, because <laughs> it kind of could be all of the above. Anyway, back to our prophecy update. This is a fill in the blank question. You ready? Does blank get me to Jesus? And if so, how so? Does blank get me to Jesus? And if so, how so? Now, being the godly, humble, considerate, loving pastor that I am. You're not laughing. <laughs> I took the liberty of filling in the blanks with some suggestions. Of course, for your convenience and your edification. And I'll share them with you if you'll kindly allow me to. So let's, just suggestions in terms of filling in this blank. Does this teaching, teacher, article, book, video, program, broadcast, podcast, or conference, get me to Jesus? If so, how so? Let's get a little more personal. Does this crisis, loneliness, brokenness, illness, failure, defeat, rejection, or false accusation, get me to Jesus? If so, how so? Okay, Pastor, I have a question for you. All right, go ahead. 
What are you doing? I'm glad you asked. Answer. I sense very strongly from the Lord that I was to go in this direction for today's update because God is doing a deep work in my life by virtue of how this question becomes a litmus test of sorts. And this for no less than two reasons. The first of which is the urgency of this last hour in getting Jesus to people and people to Jesus. Let me explain. If this thing, that thing, anything, or anyone doesn't get me to Jesus, you'll forgive me for the strength with which I say this, but I possess neither the interest, nor the time, nor am I in the mood for it. Because there's no time. Oh, you can provide me with the latest report and update. What's going on? What's happening? But if you don't get me to Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not interested. Maybe five years ago, maybe in 2018, it was more forgiving of that, but not now, not today, not in this last hour. I need to get to Jesus. And if this doesn't get me to Jesus, if this doesn't point me in that direction, then what's your point? That's a question that's asked of me all the time. Actually, it's, do you even have a point? I do. Here's a second reason. It's more personal as it relates to the furnace of affliction in my own life as God continues to break me, to make me more like Jesus. That's His purpose, you know, in our lives. That's Romans 8.29, which comes after Romans 8.28. Wow, that was the second profound thing I had today. I mean, we know that all things, God works all things together for the good. He can take bad and make good all things, not some things, most things, all things. For those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. Well, that's kind of ambiguous until you get to the next verse, verse 29, which should always be taken in the context of verse 28, because God tells us what His purpose is. It's to mold us, to shape us, to make us more like Jesus. That's why you're going through and are in that furnace of affliction in your life, God is making you more like Jesus. You know what's interesting about the furnace in the book of Daniel that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into? Even the men that threw them into the fire, burned alive to death on the spot. We're told, very interesting detail in the, in the narrative, that there wasn't even the smell of smoke on those three Hebrew slaves. And not only that, but the only thing that got burned were the ropes that bound them. Sometimes, if for no other reason, God will allow us to go into the furnace of affliction just to burn off that which binds us. And by the way, that's where Jesus is. Throw me in the furnace. Is Jesus there? Get me to Jesus. He's in the furnace. Let's go. <laughs> it's humorous. You'll, 
I know this is, uh, by the way, those of you that appreciate my humor, I love you. I love you. But I find the humor in it because Nebuchadnezzar is just flabbergasted. How many, can you imagine calling his men over? How many guys did you throw in that furnace? Well, we threw three. I, I'm counting four. Count them. Look, one, two, three, four. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. <laughs> That's because he is. Well, you know the typology. That was not my intent to go there today, but maybe that was for somebody here or somebody watching online. Is that trial in your life getting you to Jesus? So be it. So be it. Yeah, but it's, it's really hard. Hey, but it's getting you to Jesus. And not only is it getting you to Jesus, it's making you more like Jesus. When I trust by faith that what's happening in my life gets me to Jesus, it has this steadying and readying effect on me, much needed. And it settles my troubled heart, oftentimes riddled with anxiety and filled with fear. So much so, you can pile on what's happening in the world on top of what's happening in your world, and as long as it gets you to Jesus, so be it. Enter Elijah. I cannot wait to meet this man in glory. I would argue he's one of the most fascinating prophets of God and men of God, mightily used of God in all of the pages of Holy Writ. However, Elijah, who prayed that rain would not come down, and it didn't, and the fire would come down, and it did, now finds himself very down. The reason? After slaying 450 prophets of Baal, Jezebel has a contract out on his life. Now he's running for his life, and he even is so down he wants God to take his life. Can I read 1 Kings 19 verse 4? But he himself, speaking of Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Where are you going with this, pastor? Well, here's where I'm going with this. Elijah has no idea yet about what God has in store for him when he literally gets Elijah to Jesus. How so? First, vis-a-vis a type of the rapture, as we're told in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. Let me read. Then it happened, 
as they continued on and talked, they being Elijah and Elisha, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Translated, he was raptured. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that when I was back in the cave? Why didn't you tell me that when I was under the broom tree wanting you to take my life? I can't take it anymore. I've had it. That's it. That's enough. I can't, Lord. I can't. Just take my life, Lord, please. He prayed. He pleaded with God to take his life. He just wanted to die. It gets better. Fast forward to the New Testament, book of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. Let me read. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Dude! Wait, let me see if I got this straight. You were just at the broom tree in verse 4 of 1 Kings chapter 19, wanting God to kill you. And then you get, by the way, this is parenthetically, let me say, this is no extra charge, incidentally. Bear with me, hear me out. I think Elijah was a paramaniac. You know what I mean by that? He, he was in the fire, man. You know the fire he calls down, you know, the contest with the uh, prophets of Baal? God's like, hey, with Elijah, it's got to be fire, except for when he was in the cave. Because there was a great earthquake and wind. I mean, the rocks were coming off of that cave. Can you imagine? how much, much it must have shook the earthquake, that strong, and a mighty wind, and then there was a fire. Oh, this is Elijah we're talking about. Surely God is going to be in the fire. And much to his surprise, he was not in the fire. He was in the still, small voice. But I'm just thinking there was something about Elijah. I won't belabor it. I already probably did. But it's like God saying, hey, you guys, when you bring Elijah up here, he's really into fire. So let's send a chariot of fire and horses with fire. Did you catch the detail? Not just the chariot, but the horses were fire and the chariots of fire. So I'm just saying, I think he's into fire. But that's the other place, by the way, that's not going to be in glory. Now I really did belabor it, but there's Elijah. Who's he with? Jesus. He got the Jesus. Can we go back now? I suppose one can superimpose the aforementioned question 
on the life of Elijah when Elijah prays and asks God to take his life. Would you agree that Elijah's answer would have changed the whole complexion of his situation at the lowest point in his life? And that was the lowest point in his life. I mean, how would he answer? I think not only would God not answer his prayer. And by the way, this is ironic, isn't it? He prayed that he would die. He never saw death. Can we just stay under the broom tree a little bit longer? I promise you we'll get out of the broom tree. But he wants God to kill him. He wants to die. And I just, again, you'll forgive my humor, but I just picture God in heaven laughing, going, you think I'm going to kill you? You're not only am I not going to kill you and take your life, you're not even going to die. How about that? You're not going to see death. I'm going to catch you up. And because I know you like fire, I've ordered fiery chariots and fiery horses. Because I love you, Elijah. I know you're into it, so whatever. So I, I guess what I'm asking is, can, can we ask Elijah the question now that he got to Jesus? Now that he's talking with Jesus? I mean, what would his answer be? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Now I see how all this got me to Jesus. Am I taking it too far to suggest that Elijah, a type of the rapture, was alive and remained, and was caught up to meet the Lord in the air? He was caught up in the air to Jesus, by Jesus, to be with Jesus. Now, we have a problem, and that problem is, is that and I'm just as guilty as the next guy when it comes to this. We, we kind of dismiss this under the banner of, well, come on, man, this is Elijah we're talking about. This, this was a mighty man of God, a prophet of God, mightily used of God, of course. I'm nowhere near in Elijah. He's on a whole new level of his own. Oh, really? You might want to ask James about that. Listen to James describing Elijah in chapter 5 verse 17. He says of Elijah that he was just a man with a nature like ours, meaning that Elijah was just like us, and we are just like him. Oh, how we do err greatly when we allow there to be this disconnect between the Elijahs then and us now, especially when we're at our lowest point. And I would venture to say, and I'm not going to look up, <laughs> you know who you are. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. 
If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.